Hi everybody, welcome to Common Yeespers TV. Uh, this is Soji and with me I have Chuma. He will join us on the other side and we will be doing a preview of the match between Luton Town and Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, in the meantime, come on ye Spurs. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, this is Common Yeast TV, where we talk about everything Tottenham. I've got Chuma on the line with me. Chuma, how are you? Ah, I'm, 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 I'm dancing a bright beam of red, red, red rage and red anger. I'm enjoying I had, I had myself. It's all lily white. I had a lot of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, red wine, red, red wine, as you before you would say. Over, you know, over the last few days, I'm, I'm still drinking it because I'm, I'm drinking some tears along with it as well. <laughs> you know, as they say, as 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 they say, Cockney sang. There's a lot of claret spilt in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A lot of claret, and you know, we're not a, we're not we're not ashamed to dance in the claret. Thank you very much. Let's just do a bit of housekeeping very quickly, if you don't mind. No, yeah. of course. Um, for those of you joining us for the first time, uh, if this is your first time on the channel, you're returning. Uh, if you could please click on the subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, smash the like button and do leave a comment. Um, and also click on the notification bell so you can be alerted anytime we've got content, new content available, stuff to talk about, kind of like how we're going to be talking about Liverpool very soon. But do I that. Uh, we're, we're, we're keep not up meant to, to talk about Liverpool. That match <laughs> ended a week ago, or well, just about a week ago, or just under a week ago. But we still have comments coming out, and this just seems to be a never ending thing. Okay, match ended maybe in controversial circumstances to some extent. Obviously, Liverpool are unhappy with, the, uh, with what went on in the match. And there's this suggestion from uh, the coach. I don't, I don't want to mention his name, you know that we sh the match should be replayed. And of course, wow. I mean, it's kicked off all sorts of um, um, stuff online and everyone's sort of uh, pitching in. But for us, it's just cry more, please. Just get, get on with it. I mean, come on, what's going on? Exactly. Exactly. It's, 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 it's just, you know, you know I, we, we spoke about this off air. Um, a lot of us, sympathized with them regarding Luis Diaz's uh, goal. You could see it with your naked eyes. It wasn't offside. It was a clear goal. Well, I agree. You know, we hold our hands up and say, well, these things happen in football where proper goals have been ruled out. And sometimes offside goals have been ruled in. These two things are not separate and they're not, they're, 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 they do happen, you know. But regarding the red card, um, Curtis Jones's, uh, Miss time tackle on on Bissouma. I mean, they 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 were raging about that one, and I was like, come on. If if roles are reversed, you'd say, yeah, unfortunate. There was no intent, or he wasn't a malicious. He's not a malicious player, Curtis Jones. Like he's a good lad, you know. But good lads make mistakes. He made a mistake. His foot went through, and the end and the end point or the outcome was 
your studs were up, they connected to Bisuma's ankle. And in, in the laws of the game, it is called endangering your opponents. Yeah. And once that's done, it's a red card. Sorry, yes, you're a nice guy, you're a lovely dude, you didn't mean it, you know, but you knew he, he if you watch the game, rewind to that spot. Curtis Jones knew he had he had messed up, he knew it. And he was like, okay, yeah, he got the yellow card, and in his mind, you could see the relief. And then all of a sudden, when he called back, he knew what was going to happen. You studied him. Then Jota, you got a yellow card. The first one, probably you'd say unjustly as well. But then once you're on a yellow card, you're on a tightrope. You know that any silly mistake you make turns to a second yellow, which automatically becomes a red card. We've seen this all through football. So as soon as you're on yellow, two things happen. Either you tone down your defensive action or your manager substitutes you out the game. He subs you off because protect, that's the only way to protect you. Protect you. Yeah. From losing another man. But Jurgen Klopp didn't, did neither of these things. He kept you on. You kept pressing us because down, you're down to 10 men, of course. And when you got down to 10 men, Liverpool, they played really, really well. They were still trying to be on the front foot as well. But part of that was reaching for a ball and tackling the doggy. And that was a yellow card, second yellow card, you're gone. So nine men. Nothing that happened in that game was as a result of Spurs doing anything, which is why when you look at the, the furore that's, that's happened, the furore after the game is, oh, you know, Spurs shouldn't, one, Spurs shouldn't be happy to celebrate beating nine-man Liverpool. That's one. Um, two, um, we should also demand that, you know, um, you know, the officials do. I'm like, but we didn't do anything. It's the officials, it's VAR, and Spurs just stood there and we did what we needed to do. And at the end of the game, it was an own goal from your player that cost you the game. Honestly, you held out resolutely. Congratulations, you played really well with nine men. You're a great team. Yes, you know, but you scored an own goal. And that's what won us the game. And we make no we make no apologies for celebrating winning against a team that is a huge rival or a team that, you know, you could say you're better than us. You say you've won more than us. You have such a storied history, which is all true. But why shouldn't we celebrate beating Liverpool? We, we celebrate beating Liverpool because it's a thing. And we celebrate three points, but they're like, oh, you're over-celebrating. Uh, Bissouma had his, chi- his child. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, this, and... there's this celebration panel that sort of judges and says that, oh, you get 10 points for celebrating very wildly. They get no point for not celebrating, you know. I think you, you know, you know, it's yeah, it just like getting, yeah. <laughs> and then and then and then and then and then and then the goal of it all, the audacity of the thing for Jurgen Klopp to make a suggestion. He's going to come and say, "Oh, I didn't say we should replay. I just said, look, it will. no, you're suggesting it. You're trying to, you're trying to put it there. You're you're making little little implications, trying to see if the conversation will get legs. But notice this." No other clubs are allowing that thing get legs because everybody knows football in England, football generally swings and roundabouts. What goes around comes around. And other clubs will be in this situation as well. And they don't want a situation where somebody will get them to replay a man. And meanwhile, let me add, let me, let me just add this. Jurgen Klopp, the king of congested fixtures, my players are playing too many games, is asking, lo and behold, for a replay or suggesting a replay. Actually, that's that's just the truth of the matter is that look, this is where I always like to sing that Bonner Boy song. Last, last, everybody Every, the job breakfast. Job breakfast. <laughs> Facts. It, it Facts. simply means that look, ultimately people are going to get beaten. It's going to get 
decisions go against you, things are going to happen that you're going to be unhappy about. It's just the nature of the game. You know, move on or cry more, you know? <laughs> anyway, I, let's I, move on. Yeah. Luton Town <laughs> beholds um, on Saturday early kickoff. We've broken the early kickoff. Who do thank you, Ange? You know, and um, Luton Town, they had one win away to live to Everton. And for me, if they're not a team to be underrated or, you know, looked on upon, it's just come up. Little, tiny little ground up in Luton, you know, uh, Kenwood Road. But honestly, they can give you a good game on their day. They're not, they're not, they're not pushovers, and there's no guarantee of any result in in, in the league. I mean, uh, for me, I think we should be good approach that match like we're going to play Liverpool or play any top team at or the same sort of level of preparation. Don't even underrate them. At all, and that's my view. Anyway, what do you think? <laughs> I know I, I agree. I, I think I think quite the same, and I think actually that's the mindset of of Tottenham under Andrew Postecoglou since the season started. Tottenham are no longer going into games like, oh well, you know, we could beat these guys. And I mean, especially after what happened with Sheffield United, where it wasn't for a lack of chances, but for a lack of clinical execution, we got to that match and got to that point where we were one nil down. It was such a shock. So I think. You know, erase all doubts. I think Spurs are just going to go there and do a job from the beginning of the game. I think you're not going. You can't let Luton, Luton Town, settle into any kind of rhythm. I think yeah. Spurs are just going to blitz from if, from kickoff. If you think about it. Thankfully, we we played two the teams already, and both of them have scored first against us. So that should be a, a, a huge morning sign to say, that, "Look, you can't take anything for granted. Burnley scored first, and we played them away." You know, Sheffield, Sheffield United scored first before, before I mean, before we equalised late. You know, and obviously won tons around at the end. So there are no guarantees in this league. You know, it's mm. it's so it's it's that same attitude and mentality that we should go into this match with. You know, and, and hopefully, you know. But let's even look at our team and see. Let's not even focus on Liverpool or all those sort of. You know, I mean, because it's just a bit, a bit of a distraction. You know, and I, I love the fact that Liverpool. Uh, the center of attention, taking away pressure from Ange and, and, and the players, and try to focus on our prep for this, for this, for the you know, for this match. The good thing is that we didn't play in Europe um, during the week, you know. However, we have quite a number of injury challenges, you know, that seem to be creeping up um, across the board. I mean, we've had Perisic, uh, who's been reported injured, has undergone surgery. Uh, we got new reports about Mana Solomon um, being injured as well, and obviously created a bit of a bit of problem on that side. Brian Johnson pulled up with a hamstring. I'm not sure how available it's going to be. And I mean, you have the other ones as well, don't you? I mean, you were talking about Lucelso and all that, and and young men, and young men son as well. Exactly. So, you, I mean, so reports have... of son, son, son has been carrying. Son and Madison have been carrying knocks since before, since the Arsenal match. Right. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's got to be managed uh, quite well. I'd say, like, like I said, not playing in Europe has had its pluses in the sense that we, of course, better recovery time and better preparation time as well for for for, for the league matches, which sort of places us in a relatively good position, if you like, uh, compared to those who are in and around us you know, at this point. But it, it sort of gives us what I call 
optimism, if you like, in terms of predicted outcomes and um, confidence in the squad and building on all the philosophy and playing pattern and Angie's uh, style. You know, I think a lot of people are changing their views on what they think the outcome of the, the league is going to be uh, at the end of the season. But you know what I say, what I love the most about it is the fact that nobody is still giving us a chance. They're saying, okay, maybe they might be top four, maybe they might be top six. Let's see how it goes the early days, you know. And the point is the fact that at this point last season, we were, had the same number of points, maybe a, a goal more than we had last season and everything came crashing down. Now, what's the difference this season? Well, well, you know, you, you're exactly right. We did score the same amount of goals because I think at the start of the season, the first game we played against Southampton, we scored like four goals. But this was now, that was the start of our pattern of conceding or losing the first half and Spurs became the second half team. And we did that right up until uh, the World Cup. Um, but the difference is the stability of the squad um, the attacking intent of the squad. So we scored goals, but it was mostly on a very ferocious counter, and that only manifested in the second half. Mm -hmm. In this one, you can see that we have more control. We are we set our attacking intent from the first half, and if we don't score any goals in the first half, it's not for a lack of trying. We usually register at least six or seven or eight shots on goal or on target by in the first half which is not what we did last year. Um, and then by the second half, we just continue pressing. We don't give up and we continue. It is just a completely aesthetically different type of football to what we did last year. And with the players, you can see that they're enthusiastic about playing. I think players, deep down inside, players like to attack because that's what they were trained to do. That's what they were, they were, they were, they were, they were bred to do in their um, their schools and academies growing up is attack, attack the space, move, change position. But where you are told to stay in the line, stay here, do this, that wasn't enjoyable for them. Yes, but same point, same everything. It's not a case of consistency. And under Ange Postecoglou, you can feel that we are more consistent, if nothing else, in mindset as well. It's not an up and down thing. We are just here. We are focused. We are going towards our goal. And like you said, we are highly underrated. We are underestimated amongst the teams supposedly in the top five, top six, you know, in the conversation. You know, even to the point where even Brighton have suffered losses this season, but they are still sort of more highly regarded than Tottenham in certain circles. But you're looking at Tottenham, it's, it's you know, and it's too early to call it, but it's similar to what happened last year with, with, with Arsenal to, to, to a certain extent where you kept waiting for Arsenal to lose last year if you're a Spurs fan especially you're like oh yeah they're going to yeah, there was a there was a popular um, there's a popular image of uh, the Arsenal elephant sitting on a tree and everyone's <laughs> waiting for that branch. little branch to break <laughs> in a weird way this is Tottenham this Tottenham so far this season we're sitting on the branch albeit we're sitting on a branch just slightly lower than Manchester City's branch but we're just there and so far, so good. We're eating our lunch, you know. There's nothing going on, you know. And so far, every so game, good. Good yeah, every game, every, yeah, exactly. <laughs> every 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 game has been, oh, that branch, that branch should break. The branch should really break, and it's not breaking, you know. We're still we're still there. We're eating dinner, you know. They're waiting for us to eat breakfast up there. It hasn't happened yet. We're just we're eating cooking. two meals. We're cooking. 
you know <laughs> exactly and 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 it's just it's just for me it's like you know i said that thing uh some podcasts ago you know one of my favorite things is like i was a, I'm, a, I'm a marvel comic guy and that 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 shadowy group hydra i love them the bad guys hydra you cut one head another comes up you Absolutely. know same as the normal hydra you know so it's like this is what's going on man of solomon i saw the news he's already had he has already had surgery already you know two three months out and i said to myself who's coming back he said brian hill is already training i said that's fair enough i said but you know what nobody's really been following our under 21s and under 23s more or less and those boys are cooking teams they are actually smoking teams in I that was, under I 21 a few clips about them a few i mean a few days ago and i thought to myself these boys are really good there's one particular boy two yeah. boys actually that like, like Carl stood up for me santiago and Donnelly. Yago Santiago uh, and Jamie Donnelly. Don Donnelly. Those boys are Jamie just... Donnelly and Jamie Donnelly has been involved in a match day squad. So Jamie Donnelly is sort of seen as, in my opinion, I think he would be seen as more like a Madison replacement, you know? And Yago Santiago is a can play wide. So I'm looking at Mano Solomon going down. Just bump up Yago Santiago and bump up um Donnelly and let's see what happens next. A few quick things, just sort of, sort of, sort of, maybe we should just sort of um, ad address this very quickly. I noticed this, so I don't know if you did as well, but, but one of the things, okay, maybe not necessarily me noticing this, but it's a fact that in terms of consistency over the course of the season, we're probably the first team that's caught two goals over seven matches in the history of the league. So that, that's a, a, a new record, I mean, at least uh, equaling a record, uh, I think, by Leicester, so if, if, if some some while back. That's the second point. Second point is this, right? I also noticed that Ange is beginning to sort of involve the younger guys a lot more on match days. You know, actually, Philippe has gone on as a substitute. Uh, Belize came on. Um, so, actually, that's, that's, that was on his match day squad. He didn't, he hasn't actually played any match yet. Um, no, no, Belize came on. Belize was yeah, the guy yeah, who. Yeah, Belize, he was Belize at the back on. post, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Belize, yeah. Belize did come on. Um, yeah. We had um, what's the word? The, you know, Don Lee was involved. Jimmy Mike, Don Lee, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can see, you can tell that he's beginning to sort of slowly ease them into the into the squad, get much experience. Even though you don't even come on, but that experience is invaluable for those young boys. You know, um, having to train with first team in this big stadium, you know, sixty thousand people, that is phenomenal for those boys. You know, so I think slowly they'll begin to get integrated into the team and. I mean, obviously, play matches and 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 um, we'll see see what happens. The other thing which I I also uh, we've talked about as well. I don't know if you we haven't talked about it on this program. Is this right? Look at the five substitutions that we made the last few matches. Right? You notice that people like Son come off, um, Isuma came off, um, Madison came off. Um, you know, like five of our key players actually came off. And it did not drop our intensity one bit, if anything at all. It actually upped the intensity, you know. And off of those changes, we've been able to sort of achieve results, you know, in terms of outcome for, 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 for our matches. I mean, against um, against Sheffield United, Ushevsky moved to the, to, 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 on, to, to the inside and it's caught the right foot, you know. This, this time around, it's... We had... Uh, Hoiberg and, and Udogie uh, essentially just putting that young man under pressure to, to give the ball away and, and, and make <laughs> and make the error. You know? so you can see that a lot of a lot of um, what's the word um, uh, those changes 
they might almost look like, hang on, what's I'm doing? We're trying to score. You know, why are you taking these guys off? But the results came. The results came, you know. And I, it's not it's not coincidence in my view. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I fully agree. I think I think the key a key word here is accountability, football accountability. You know, like for so many years, you know, and and you know, we credit Pep Guardiola with that phrase where Pep Guardiola called us the hurricane team. And what that hurricane team did, how degrading it was to the rest of the squad in terms of, you know, how how it came ac across was that, you know, they weren't holding themselves accountable. This guy was the one doing everything for us. And the the the, the, the mindset or the perception rather, sorry, out there is that, you know, once Harry Kane goes, these guys are finished. And Ange came and Ange flipped the model over saying, no, you guys are more than just one guy. You are wonderful as a sum of parts and you're wonderful as individuals as well. I trust each and every one of you. That thing, that that that, that trust that comes from knowing that you're accountable, I, I, I think it, I think is huge for football players. Because as soon as Son comes off, you know, someone like Kosevsky is looking, I have extra responsibility. I can't give the ball away. I have to do this. I have to do that. Um, you, you, you throw in a Hoiberg. Hoiberg is someone who, you know, news reports have come out and he's saying that, you know, if he doesn't see himself playing first team football, he's off. And that's fair enough. He sees himself as a first-team player. His mindset is of a first-team player. So when he comes on the pitch, he's not sulking. He's doing what the first-team player would do. I am trying to help my team to win. And he starts spreading the ball out more. He came back, he came into that match against Liverpool, and he was strictly on automatic mode of, we need to spread it wide because if Liverpool congest the middle, we can't break them. We need to go wide. And lo and behold, Romero coming forward and passing that ball out to Poro and that cross resulted in the goal. If Matip haven't touched that ball, Velis was at the far post. Exactly. If that ball had reached, Velis would have still scored. So either which way, it was a win-win. But it all stemmed from, as soon as Hoiberg came on that pitch, Hoiberg was on mission to do that. And then Skip was also trying to make Forest in box-to-box -box as well. So everybody has sort of, you know, they've all been initiated into the cult. Of, yeah, yeah, into the cult. I call it the cult of Ange because I was I was reading uh, reading something that they were an Australian player who played for him. This guy said, I would run through a brick wall for this man, you know? And I was like, bloody hell, that's a bit strong. But that's exactly what it is. It's, it's almost a cult. A cult is something where everybody believes in a single goal and they are willing to do things regardless of whatever the circumstances or adversities or challenges that present themselves to them. They are still willing to follow the course of their leader or the philosophy that they follow. And that's what's happening at Spurs at the moment. It's working. It's working far quicker than anybody thought it would for Ange Postecoglou. There will be valleys. There will be low points. But so far, so good. And the players are, have really embraced it. They've really bought into it. And so far, you so can see that. Coney Badger. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 no, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's, 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 it's so, it's so funny that, you know, I, since the season started, like summertime, I don't know if you observed this, but the sheer toxicity of Spurs fans online, it was unbelievable. Like the hatred, the anger, the the, the the clear division between us. You're, you know, you're Enoch. If you don't, if you're not saying you're Enoch out, you're definitely Enoch in. And that was like, no, I'm not Enoch in, but I'm not Enoch out either. I just, I just like Tottenham and I like watching them play. But once you say, oh, you, you don't put up those colors, uh, the purple and whatever or whatnot, 
uh, and gold or whatever, then you're definitely not one of us. Oh, All these colors. divisions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They do. They do. And they fractured, they fractured the fan base. You know, all of a sudden, this man has come to this club. He has been brutally honest with us. He values the job. He looks at us as the best thing since sliced bread has happened to him and his life. And the way he's taking up the challenge and taking everybody with him. And I'm not just talking the players. He's taking the staff. He's taking the fans along with him on this journey that he's creating. And it's six, seven games in. Everyone's saying, I'm getting carried away. I think, I think when you, when you, find or meet somebody special you don't need to be told twice you know i i hate when people introduce themselves to me as sort of like a savior or they describe themselves i don't need to know you're a doctor I, from your behavior i'll go oh my god this guy's a doctor you know it's, you know it's it's what you are oh, and like it's what he is <laughs> yeah he, you know he's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the he's the ultimate chef he's cooking and he's cooking and you know we're eating we're, we're loving what he's serving up every single game you know and we're going to win, loss, draw. We don't mind, but we're not losing. <laughs> you know, we say win, loss, draw in our heads, but Spurs fans are now saying win, loss, draw. But guess what? We won't lose. We never lose. We just keep going. We're not going to stop. We're going to. We don't stop. We just keep going for you till we get that draw or we get the win. Yeah, it's amazing what's what winning does to the vibe, uh, to the atmosphere in clubs. And you know, I, I the atmosphere after the match, the last two matches, home, two home matches, has been absolutely incredible. Absolutely Ooh. incredible, you know. You can, if you could bottle up that atmosphere and, and take it home, it's 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 priceless. The priceless. raw the roars after the Sheffield United win yeah. winner, yeah. and then the roar after that ongo. My when God. that ongo went in, it was absolute. I mean, you were watching it on TV. We're not even in the ground. We're watching for yeah. you. Yeah, it was you know? unbelievable. Unbelievable. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Let's have a quick look at the pre oh, my color predictor lineup. I've got a sort of legend here, which it's kind of done up in my head, but hey, you tell me. Does this look likely or I mean given where we're at now, you know? Um you got Vicario in goal. Yes, you agree with that? Yes? Oh oh yeah, you know, I know I no I do. By the way, let, let me just add like I was so happy that my call about Richarlison playing left wing happened last the last game. I was so happy because I felt it that you playing Richarlison at that left and playing Son middle, it would work because you're just you're not trying to dribble Liverpool. You're trying to play behind whoever is playing right back. So yeah. All right. So yeah, fantastic. And I mean. You're a guru anyway, so like I always say. If only I could monetize this, these, this these Nostradamus moments. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah so. back, 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 back to the legend. Vicario, Vicario I, I basically think you got it right because I was going to say in this particular game because I think um, because I think Luton Town would be more defensive and sort of more mid-low block. I would have played Mano Solomon. But because of the absence of Solomon now, I would actually reverse that. I would go Richarlison center, Son left. Okay. Because Son has more skill than him in terms of beating one-on-one. -on -one. And you're not looking to run in behind. You're just right. looking for a striker. So I think Son would go back left. And then Richarlison would swap places with Son. He would now be the main striker. So most likely Madison will keep moving around like that, right? Madison, Madison will still Madison will maintain, yeah. Madison will maintain. And 
Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. someone who's coming for a bit of flack as well is Kulusevski. But when you check the stats on Kulusevski so far this season, Kulusevski ranks like top three in everything for his position this season. But people are not feeling, you know, they're they're not seeing it. He, he's not passing the eye test, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, but Kulusevski is doing work. Well. Son scoring six goals so far this season. Uh, nobody, nobody has come out <laughs> two goals. I mean, so hey, um, Richard, I mean, Kulusevski caught two goals so far. Um, yeah, and he's prob- he's behind Son as the as, as top scorer. Yeah, so, and he, so. I, I, and he's got he's got assists and he's got like pre assists as well Absolutely. where he gives Absolutely. the ball to. So, but you can't, you just can't see it. You know, I was watching Man City um, yesterday. I was watching their game. I'm looking at Bernardo Silva and I'm saying. Bernardo Silva is not that much different to Kulusevski. It's just that I think he's learned how to do it better in Pep's system than Kulusevski has in Angie's. But it's the same thing. He's not beating his mind. He's not using his right as much, uh, Bernardo Silva. He's still coming into his left. But the movements, I think, are different from Man City players. So when you look at Kulusevski, everyone say, oh, he's so, oh, he's so, he's so predictable. We know he's going to cut into his left. Is there, I say, yeah, yeah, we do. We all know this. This is going to happen. But He's opening up a lot of things, you know, and he's trying. He's he's very creative on that side. It's just some things aren't coming up. But at the same time, he moves the ball so quickly sometimes. I love his, like, one-touch passes sometimes to release people down the line. So quick and smooth. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think it's the same lineup, just uh, Son and uh, Richarlison switch. Richarlison plays up top properly behind them, looking to go in behind. And Son coming from the left. So... Um, let's leave it like that at the moment because we have that's the lineup, right? In terms of yeah, and then yeah. we we'll probably have that and Richarlison in the yeah. in the middle, yeah, yeah. That's 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 the only thing I think. This is that's my those are my thoughts. Yeah. Okay, fine. I mean, we, we, listen, I'm just a co-host. You are the guru, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, but you know, you know, you know, you know, you have to, you have to always bow to Optimus, you know, like if, if in Transformers, Optimus Prime is a general. So what can you say? What can you do? Right. right so, um, scoreline predictions. Oof. Um, you know, bearing in mind what you said about, um, Burnley and Sheffield United scoring against us for whatever reason, I don't know why I sort of see their ground very similar to um, Bournemouth. And the thing about Bournemouth's ground and their ground is if you remember our enemies down the road, you remember their old ground, Highbury as well. Yeah. It's one of those small grounds where if you're a very good pressing team, you kill the opposition. I think their ground is small enough for us to press them effectively. So I don't see them scoring. But I see Spurs scoring at least three. So I see three nil. I see a three nil. More than two goals always, always but three nil. You know, maybe even more. Maybe... I see this match similar to Burnley's, and I, th- I I I look at us like if we start off really well and and we get going, three nil minimum maybe could be the minimum three yes. Yeah, I mean, optimal prime in full swing. <laughs> I'll go four nil. So yes, four nil Tottenham. That's my that's my um, prediction. I will see how that goes. But, but, at the, but at the same time, you know, we, we've been saying this for a while that even though outside of the Burnley match, like Tottenham look, will, will look to damage somebody very soon. Yeah. Like really, really damage a team. I don't know if Luton might be that team 
maybe I'm speaking ahead of maybe, maybe not. And, you know, yeah, you guys who comment on the comment section, if you just write down your score predictions as well. And are we, are we, are we, are we thinking too far of ourselves to say 3-0, 4-0, maybe even more? You know, let us know. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Juma. So thank you so much, Juma, yeah. for joining us. And um, yeah, join us on the aftermath, uh, the 90-minute unplugged, right after the match on Saturday. Kickoff is 12.30. I think the uh, aftermath is probably going to be about 3.15. So if you want to join us then, um, yeah, look out and uh, set your notifications and bell buttons. Yeah. Uh, Chuma, are you, are you are you joining us on that day or not? I mean, you you. you no, I'm I like uh, my my social my so, my social life doesn't allow me join the. Oh my god! After oh my social my social cal my social calendar, you know, it's 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 you know, I like enjoyment. That's all I can say. That's all. That's like okay. anybody who has That's a party okay. or barbecue that they want to invite me to, uh, boy, DM me. I'm available. Okay. Thank you so much, Chuma. <laughs> No, pleasure. Time. Come on, you Spurs, guys. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>